the future has arrived. As the world and humanity itself moves faster and faster into unimaginable possibilities, old institutions that built connection and shaped our sense of meaning are falling by the wayside. In their wake, profound questions about ethics, our purpose, and spirituality demand new answers. Join your host, Scott Mason, in Season 2 of the Purpose Highway Podcast. We will explore how these social changes will revolutionize our society. We will learn how they impact our own search for connection and meaning. And we will hear stories of influencers whose lives have had radical change from the inside. And found profound connection to others and themselves through a new definition of meaning. The future has arrived. Are you ready? When you're racing down the Purpose Highway, we want to make sure you're healthy and happy every step of the way. That's why we're proud to partner with It's NOLA, 21st century plant-based healthy granola snack bites made with real ingredients and audacious flavor. It's NOLA crafts small batch hand-rolled granola balls that are vegan, gluten-free, and naturally low in sugar. It's NOLA's delightful bites come in three flavors. Luscious cranberry coconut, sassy mango masala, and dark, decadent, chewy chocolate. It's NOLA is available to both individual customers and for wholesale accounts at itsnola.com. That's I-T-S-N-O-L-A dot com. Guests on this show are already enjoying this delicious snack. Check out It's NOLA's website for yourself and find out how good it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another trip down the Purpose Highway. And sitting next to me in the front seat for the second week in a row is United States Air Force Instructor of Teaching and Communications, Joshua Stewart. Last episode, Joshua and I talked about the importance of owning the authorship of your own story, making sure that you're leaving all the distractions of social media and other things behind you. Also, focusing on the importance of what might be going on behind the scenes of a story and understanding that what's happening behind the scenes can sometimes be every bit as important as what is out there under the direct light of the sun. And finally, really taking the time and effort, particularly in a diverse world like ours, to throw aside stereotypes about education, regional background, rural versus urban, or any of the other factors that can divide us in a diverse country like the United States, to really hear what another person's story is. Today, we're going to delve deeper into communication as a way to drive story, specifically understanding communication as a means of shared meaning, both with ourselves and with others. Welcome back to the show. 
and it goes <laughs> and it goes as to though another conversation that I have with regards to my own extroversion and some tendencies that we see there that may actually go as to communication and on an individual level, but then when you spread it out um, across the entire culture, either further or 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 cut uh, the sense of connection that we have each other with each other. My personal feeling is that in large organizational life, extroverts do have, in most situations, an advantage because they'll be the most likely to be out there talking and promoting themselves and therefore be more accessible to, you know, and have more advantage when it comes to interviewing or being visible so that people can see the work and then promote them because people tend to ignore what they think that they can't see. Not everyone, but that happens. It does. And along with what you're saying, I have a great ongoing conversation with a friend of mine, Oleg, who I co-host another podcast podcast with about whether the extrovert's need to express my opinion is always there. A discipline that I've worked on has been exactly what you're saying. Sometimes I don't need to judge or sometimes... If I'm judging, I don't need to say anything about it. Sometimes the world doesn't need to hear what I think about something. Sometimes it's okay to just shut up. And my more introverted friend that I have this conversation with a lot, probably, well, he strongly agrees with that. Do you think (laughs) that we have, that takes discipline though? It does. Do you think sometimes that as a culture, we self-express too much? That sometimes maybe we need to develop a discipline around silence. How how can you do that with the way social media and stuff? You know, mm. like I would say maybe that was possible before we got Instagram and TikTok, but now it's like, how do we put a cap on that? Right? <laughs> uh, I I think there is an oversaturation. So because when things are overcommunicated, people get disgusted with it and get tired of it. And right now we're in this world of constant, not overcommunication, constant communication. It's constantly going on. So like we were talking earlier, sometimes it's good to disconnect and focus on your story a little bit so you can feel some sanity because when you connect yourself to the greater narrative that's going on in the world, you will feel like a speck of sand on the beach. And then your story doesn't matter. And if you feel like your story doesn't matter, then what are you even doing in life? That's how you're going to feel. Anyways, I am all about mental health. Uh, I think that you should be writing in a journal every day, putting your thoughts out there. You're not into poetry. I don't care. Write some poetry. I don't care how bad Mm. it is. Just write it down. Get that creative stuff out of you, whether you think it's in you or not. And you'll start to see just some mental health upticks. Like, okay. Uh, And I have definitely struggled with that. And, and, And I'm not saying... This is a, a a bad thing. I'm not trying to make a, a judgment on this at all, but I do think that with the uh, how much information we have in the world and how much easy access we have to mental health medications, that some people because they feel like their story is lost and they 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 haven't shut it off or they haven't tried to focus on that story, that they'll then turn to those medications and that can just put a whole fog wall over your story as well. And I'm not saying that they don't need those medications. I'm saying it's possible that they they haven't been able to see their story. And that's what's making them feel that way. I have definitely felt that way. One of the biggest struggles in my life, and my looks notwithstanding, I'm a man of a certain age. 
<laughs> has been figuring out my own struggle or my own story. I mean, I've, I've not had any problems figuring out my own struggle. Although maybe I have. <laughs> Every day, right? Maybe that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> but, you know, you see all of these stories out there. What are your thoughts about how someone can begin to develop their own story without having to read books about story branding or without having to go to a story development coach or something just mm. or let's say you're someone that is coming from rural Alabama and you're trying to maybe you know that the story of the the life that you're living isn't what you want but you can't figure out where to go and how to develop that story to to guide you what do you say Okay. Hey, you, I'm sure you have, but have you heard of Plato's Allegory of the Cave? Of course I have. However, it's a great opportunity to share that with people who might not have. Absolutely. So first of all, Plato's Allegory of the Cave, it's more focused on ethics, yes. but I've, I've made this class where I take Aristotle's rhetorical triangle, which is right behind me, and Plato's Allegory of the Cave, and I squish them together because the purpose of communication is to get a shared meaning. So when it comes to what you're talking about, though, Communication is to get a shared meaning, Inter interpersonal communication, shared meaning with others. But what about a shared meaning with yourself? Yeah. Do you talk to yourself? Some people will think that's silly. Like, yeah, talk to yourself. No, I'm not. Please, I don't do that. But honestly, sitting down in a room by yourself and asking yourself, what do I want? It can be kind of scary sometimes because nothing comes out. It's all on you to give that answer. You have no help. So when it comes to Plato's allegory of the cave, it was focused on ethics. But basically the gist of it was there were these uh, individuals uh, in, the in a cave and they are chained by their ankles and by their necks. And they're sitting on a the floor. They've got a wall behind them that goes a little bit above their head and they're staring at a wall. And what's on that wall? Well, there's a fire behind them and it's basically broadcasting shadows on the wall the shadows are shapes of animals uh, people just all kind of things and they're moving by the way because people have sticks and i don't know why don't ask me why they were doing it like who pays people to do that but they definitely were but that's all these people know they're staring at these shadows uh, and the point of the story is is imagine one of those folks getting out and seeing the fire for the first mm -hmm. time uh, what what would they do? Would it would they be mad that you know they were uh, lied to their whole lives? Would they even recognize they were lied to? What would they think those shadows were? Why, as they were sitting there, would they even know what gods were? Would they have come up with their own uh, mythology? And after that, if they step out outside and they see the greater world, they see the sun. Wh what do they go from there? Uh, so, as far as the communication piece of it goes. I take that being in the cave and the way that I do it is the fire that's behind them is a small piece of the truth and the sun outside is the truth. Mm -hmm. So you see the night sky behind me. Part of that story is if you're trying to bring someone out of the cave, you take them outside at night first. And this relates to Celine mm -hmm. for me yeah. because you don't take someone out of a dark cave and throw them directly in the sun because they're, they're going to go blind. You take them out at night first. So when it comes to communication, if you think of the small fire as truth, if you're trying to convince someone to get out of their cave, because what are the shadows today? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, people only see what they know and what they're comfortable with. 
So when you're bringing someone out of the cave, you give them a little piece of that truth and you sit there and you talk with them. You ask them what they see. You don't tell them what they see. You talk with them. Have a conversation just like you've been saying. You want to have a good conversation. And then what do you do? You take them outside at nighttime. And what's out there? The moon. The moon is a reflection of the sun's light. The truth. It's softer. It's gentler. It's easier to digest, but it's still the truth. And what else is there with them? The stars. Those are also suns. That's the perspectives of others. Now, there's supposed to be a pool of water out there. There has to be self-reflection when it comes to uh, them accepting the truth. Because think of those folks being trapped in that cave their entire life. Looking into the water would be the first time that they saw themselves. So it's not up to you to tell them what they see. It's up to you to help them interpret what they see. Because they might not like it. Any of y'all who've ever self-reflected out there and you think about something like, oh, we usually beat ourselves up worse than anybody else. So when you self-reflect, you're going to do the same thing. But then you take them over to the actual sun, the whole truth. They see it. They love it. Their eyes have adjusted because you took them out at night first. And that's a process for talking to others. But you should do that with yourself as well. Do Are you just watching the shadows? Do you know what the truth is out there? Or are you too afraid to go out there to like burn your eyes out? Or are you giving yourself some grace and giving some self-reflection going out in the dark? And I know I'm speaking like symbolic here, but have you given yourself that time to digest whatever truth it is you're trying to get to? Um, If you can't talk to yourself like the person that you respect the most in the world, like maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad then you're never going to be able to get shared meaning with yourself. And if you don't have shared meaning with yourself, how can you possibly get it with others? Because you don't even know where to start. So that's how I interpret that piece of it, for sure. What is shared meaning with yourself? (laughs) That does depend on the individual, I would say. But for me specifically... It is an ongoing discipline. It is something that if you stop doing it, then it's very easy to, on the purpose highway, to take a detour. And sometimes it's okay to take a detour. Let's, you know, let's look at this. Let's, let's, let's go here and try it. But you have to be able to get back and get that focus. But it's exhausting. And right now, I think that with social media, with everything, Everybody's kind of locking themselves in that cave. They know the sun's out there, but they don't want to go see it. Uh, And they're just exhausted with everything. Uh, And they keep taking those detours and getting more and more exhausted of it. And you can kind of, because they're tired of having conversation, right? No more, no more talks. Uh, Nope, this is a six. This is what we're going to go with. Um, But shared meaning with yourself is your life journey. Uh, and it's something that when it stops, then maybe you've lost what your purpose is, or maybe your purpose has changed because life changes. Whenever I had uh, my, or whenever I had, <laughs> whenever my wife had uh, uh, our children, my purpose definitely changed. Not much, but it shifted. Um, and getting there uh, was exhausting. 
and and you know marriage is exhausting too. Everybody getting married thinking like, oh goodness, it, it, it's supposed to be a fairy tale and great. It is a discipline. It is almost like a job, and so is your life purpose. But what better job to have? What better way to spend your time than pushing forward with your story, pushing forward with your purpose? Um, and I think that's really important. Very important. I want to go back to our avatars for a minute because I think on the subject of symbolism and our audience is more than sophisticated enough to understand that. One of the reasons why Helios appeals to me is because he, as the god of the sun, it was believed that light, as actually indicated in the cave allegory, light actually um, disinfected or drove away the darkness of untruth. And this belief in truth has always driven me. I do actually believe that some metaphysical, theoretical things that can never be proven outside, facts actually do exist. <laughs> right? Like, I believe I have a body. I believe that if I put a gun to my head I and shoot, I will be at minimum, at a minimum, very seriously injured. I believe that if right. I give my husband a flower and he smells it, it is actually a smile of pleasure that I will receive, right? I think that that's just a fact. There is room for interpretation of these facts. As you said, I've handed him a flower, he smelled it, and then a smile has come across his face. Not every interpretation is reasonable, I agree, but there is, of course, room for interpretation. But what you're pointing out to me by thinking about the moon as a way to soften our approach into truth, right? The light of the sun can blind. I'd never thought about that before. Yep. Truth can be harsh. People can't necessarily see it. And also, it can be hard to look in the pool if the, if the glare of the sun is so bright that you can't self-reflect. Yep. I think that that is important for when you're talking about the allegory of the cave as well to understand that just because you're in the cave doesn't mean that you can't hang out there for a while because there's comfort in there it's what you know it's where you've always been look at the cave as the inside of your brain right it's where you've always been like just hanging out having a good time doing your hobby reading a book going back to the cave because the dichotomy of light and dark like you said I think that that is very important. And to the metaphysics part that you talk about, while you're in the cave, it's not that going back to, you know, the, the religion piece of it, maybe I don't believe that Celine, the moon goddess is out there and I'm out there at night, you know, running around howling at the moon, but I can sit here and look at the symbolism in those stories and be in my own cave for a moment and get some enjoyment from that. And it it, it is like a, almost a metaphysical type thing because it makes me feel better and it makes me not feel sick uh, when I think about it sometimes. I have this, and this is going to sound crazy, but I've got a ritual where if I have a migraine, we're talking migraines yeah. earlier, I will lay sideways across my bed, you know, laying down. And if if the window's there and the moon is there, I'll open up the window and have, does it help? No, but for some reason it makes me feel better. Uh, it, it just usually does. Uh, so I think it's important that, the cave allegory to be constantly going in and out, right? Because Helios, you're right. Uh, and I think 
that's where the whole, you know, burn it with fire, purge the impurities comes from mm-hmm. as well uh, from mm-hmm. that. But if something's burned, well, then it can also be destroyed that way. So I think you have to have a good mix of going back and forth uh, and definitely uh, self-reflecting. Because even even the small truth, think about that, the small fire that's on the inside, if you've never seen that before, you're going to want to go and touch it. And if you touch it and burn your hand, well, that just proves I need to go stay in my cave. And that's how I think a lot of people are. They go and see this, someone doesn't just take them to the small fire. They take them outside in the sun, throw them there, hold them down. They get a sunburn. They're like, I'm never doing that again. They go hide in the cave and now I'm never talking to those type people again. So there's definitely something to the process of the allegory of the cave and not just living in one element of it at a time, I think. So a good mix of Helios and Selene, for sure. And it goes back to the other comment at the very beginning, which is around the gentleness of the moonbeams. Because gentleness, Mm -hmm. I worked with an executive coach years ago when I had a prior entrepreneurial venture. And one of the things that he would say to me, perhaps this is my own Helios coming out. I could be, he would always say, Scott, be gentle. Be gentle, be gentle. By the way, this executive coach or this this sort of leadership coach for me was a uh, was a quite well known martial artist, and it would okay. it was always surprising hearing this badass black belt <laughs> judo and karate. I think he's in the Karate Hall of Fame and and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu talking about being gentle. Be gentle, <laughs> but there was. And I, and I don't know the extent to which I truly absorbed that actually until this conversation. I want to thank you for that. And it goes as to perhaps a way that we could also, as a culture, begin to find some sort of cure for the secret plague. I think that's, I definitely appreciate that. And I do, it is kind of funny, like, Karate, you say jujitsu hall of fame, be gentle. Like, I'm gonna come to you, start coming to your places and tell you, hey, be gentle out there, don't do that. <laughs> and then throw you over my shoulder and have me land on my back. <laughs> right. And I do think I do think there's something to it. Uh the only the only warning to that is there also there's got to be that good mix, I think. Being being gentle is very important. But a lot of times when we have those facts, when we have that sun, you know, Helios, it's there. Um, we don't want to burn people with it. Um, but they do need to get some vitamin D sometimes. <laughs> like, they just got to do it. Like, it's got to happen. So we have to have that good mix. Otherwise, we end up in a bad place staying in both areas. If you live in the cave and all you know are the shadows, then you don't, you don't really know reality. And if you live in the sun, you live in the reality constantly, how are you ever supposed to reach those that can't even live where you're at? They can't even see it. They can't even imagine it. So we have to be able to have a good mix for sure. And taking them through that process, definitely be gentle at first, but sometimes give them. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes give them that karate chop. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. (laughs) Stu. This has been an incredible conversation. As we close it out, talk to us a little bit more about what you do and where people can find out more mm-hmm. about you or just or, or follow you to the extent that that's something that's out there and that people may want to connect with you around. 
Okay. Uh, <clears throat> currently, I am, uh, like I said earlier, Mass Sergeant U.S. Air Force. I'm not doing anything as far as um, that goes. We're going to be moving soon, but you know about that. As far as communication goes, I do offer a class pretty much to anybody. It can be one-hour class or it can be a four-hour class. And the purpose of it, it, it's called perception, the Socratic method, and the fundamentals of communication. Mm -hmm. And we talk about a lot of the things we were talking about. What does, how do I make perception reality? Um, and I, I walk through Aristotle's rhetorical triangle, and I talk about Plato's allegory of the cave. I'm an old man, so all I got is Facebook right now, Joshua M. Stewart. But um, whenever I get out, I plan on offering um, this class uh, pretty much to anyone. But right now, if people email me at Joshua Stewart. 35 at gmail.com uh, and say, hey, I would like you to teach this communication class. Um, I pretty much just find a date and do it. I'm not even trying to charge people it right now because I'm just trying to get feedback on it because I'm trying to polish it and make it better. Uh, I've taught it hundreds of times to a small group of two people to a big as a group is 400 people. And I've gotten really good feedback for it and made it better over these past two years. Uh, but the purpose of it is, is to find out how to talk to others and yourself better through those old stories from Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, uh, because there, there's something, there's something to it. But yeah, that, that email account's the best place to Thank get to so me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Stu, it's great. Oh, hey. yes. Oh, no, that's okay. Stu, it's, I've got to, I've got to tell you, it's been great taking a ride with you today. Thank you for joining us. And for everyone tuning in, if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple or a comment on YouTube. And I shall see you next time for another trip down the Purpose Highway. When you're racing down the Purpose Highway, we want to make sure you're healthy and happy every step of the way. That's why we're proud to partner with It's NOLA. 21st century plant-based healthy granola snack bites made with real ingredients and audacious flavor. It's NOLA crafts small batch hand-rolled granola balls that are vegan, gluten-free, and naturally low in sugar. It's NOLA's delightful bites come in three flavors. Luscious cranberry coconut, sassy mango masala, and dark decadent, chewy chocolate. It's NOLA is available to both individual customers and for wholesale accounts at itsnola.com. That's I-T-S-N-O-L-A.com. Guests on this show are already enjoying this delicious snack. Check out It's NOLA's website for yourself and find out how good it is.